Welcome to the week seven edition of the Green Skies Podcast. Per usual, I am your host, Will Schneiderhan. And yeah, we're already here. We're in week seven of the NFL season. This episode is dropping on Thursday night. So week seven kicks off tonight with a uh, massive NFC East. Um, actually, it actually has become pretty big NFC East matchup between the um, New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles. So that'll be fun to watch. No World Series baseball on. I'll toss that on. Just see what our crosstown rivals are up to. See if the Eagles can, you know, try to try to. I guess you'd say keep pace in that division, albeit you really don't have to try too hard to do that at times, unfortunately. But yeah, we are already at week seven. Jets sit at 0-6, of course. They just lost to the Dolphins. We will get into that. I will break that down per usual. And then this week, they will play the Buffalo Bills uh, at MetLife Stadium. So Buffalo will come, come down to New York visit MetLife and play the Jets, and both teams are um, actually coming off losses. The Bills, of course, lost 26-17 to against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, that game was in Buffalo. But yeah, so we'll get into all that. Break it down, preview the Jets versus the Bills, break down Jets versus Dolphins. And again, like when I have these later episodes, I'm not really going to go into the game as much. Like the Jets-Dolphins, I mean, we've Already heard about it, already have gone into it enough. I'm going to try to give you some good pointers, some some bad stuff, unfortunate stuff. Uh, but there's a, there's some stuff to break down with this Jets preview a lot, albeit, I mean, some people are just completely not paying attention, but there is quite a bit to potentially look for in this game as some guys uh, are nearing return. We might see Denzel Mims this week. Uh, Sam Darnold might be back. So uh, Bryce Hall, I believe, just came back to practice. We'll talk all about that in the break, in the preview. And then we'll do some uh, matchups to watch for that. And then some NFL talk per usual. I'll just kind of reset the divisions, hit some of the big news. As some big news happened today, this morning, Ravens, of course, trading for Yannick Ngakwe, a guy that many Jets fans uh, wanted uh, Joe Douglas to trade for. But, yeah, we'll get into all of that. Thank you again for you know jumping on. We'll get through this episode. A no guest again. Like I said, I'm not really going to do until I'm kind of done my classes and so on. And I can really iron out the time to do that. So just bear with me as I go through it. So yeah, we'll do the breakdown Jets-Dolphins, preview Jets-Bills, NFL talk, hit some fantasy talk at the end, and we'll wrap it up. So stick with me real quick break, jump into Jets-Dolphins. All right, welcome back. Time to break down Jets, Dolphins. And this actually was a very significant game for many reasons. Uh, kind of ironically, it, it has turned out to to now be uh, the game that Ryan, last game that Ryan Fitzpatrick started. Uh, he, of course, old Jet, former Jet, the quarterback for the last very successful team this Jets team had. And the Jets went down there, played the Dolphins, and he threw three touchdowns for 191 yards, two picks, sacked two times, 18 to 27. Not really his best game, but the, Jet, the Dolphins do just shut the Jets out 24-0. As Joe Flacco, 21-44, not, I mean, 44 attempts is a lot for any NFL quarterback, let alone Joe Flacco, who, you know, is aging, he's a veteran, coming off a pretty significant, I believe, it was like neck or shoulder surgery. And you could just tell through the game, he 
just doesn't seem to have that touch anymore. Um, and it's, it's makes sense. I'm not knocking the guy. Listen, you have a surgery like that is pretty significant. Then he 186 yards. He threw one pick. He was sacked three times. He had to leave the pocket a lot more. As I highlighted on last week's episode, this is a Dolphins team that is damn good. I said it last episode. You saw it down there this week or this past week. It's a very good sound team. Uh, Byron Jones is back. Uh, which definitely helps that secondary. The defense looks good. Eric Rowe was making fields, uh, plays all over the field. Emmanuel Ogba was very good. Wilkins, I thought, was very good. Uh, we saw the playmaking ability of Xavier and Howard, who seems to be like on the fast track to just becoming one of the better cornerbacks in the NFL. Four interceptions already, six pass defensed. And I believe yeah, we, and he had an interception in that game, which is a very an impressive interception where I mean, Joe Flacco probably shouldn't have thrown the ball, but Howard made an amazing play on the ball to get to it. But the Jets also had two interceptions of their own. Marcus May, all day May, big play May goes in. He gets himself an interception. He had a very fine day for the Jets. And then uh, Brian Poole, he had a nice interception. He returned it for 13 yards. So the Jets, again, that defense is finding ways to force turnovers. And the defense actually played very well in this game. I know the scoreboard doesn't reflect that. But it was very much bulk scoring in the second quarter where the Dolphins scored 14. Other than that, seven in the first, just three in the third, and none in the fourth. Granted, yes, I know, foot was off the throttle late in the game. And we actually got to see Tua Tungavaloa come in. He throws two passes, completes both of them for nine yards, and now he gets the job. Uh, the Dolphins have a bye this week. The Jets play the Bills. The Dolphins are on a bye. They're going to go to Tua out of the bye, and I'll talk about that a little bit later when I break down the NFL. But back to the Jets' defense. Um, Neville Hewitt, decent game. Avery Williamson, I thought, had one of his better games since coming back from his injury. Quinton Williams was very disruptive. I liked what I saw from him. Uh, Terrell Basham, I thought, was just constantly breaking through the offensive line, constantly getting in there and, and, and causing some pressure, and he himself had a sack. Uh, Steve McClendon, yes, he is gone. And yes, I will address the elephant in the room. Let's just do that right now. Le'Veon Bell, gone, released him. He is now in Kansas City. I'll talk about that when I talk about the NFL talk. But yes, Le'Veon Bell, no longer a Jet. You kind of had a feeling that was going to happen. McCagney contract was very big when he gave it to him. Felt a little bit desperate, not knocking Le'Veon Bell one bit. And people are knocking him and saying he wasn't a Jet. Uh, Listen, Le'Veon Bell was a true professional. I respect everything he did, especially last year. When the team was, you know, struggling like they were this year, and he constantly stood up in the locker room, constantly showed up to play, constant professional, Le'Veon, good luck to you in Kansas City. And as a closeted Kansas City Chiefs fan, kind of, as much because I love Patrick Mahomes, I love Andy Reid, I hope you go off there. I hope the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. I hope we get to see one of the best and most dynamic offenses ever in NFL history with you there. And again, talk about that a little bit more, probably not much different than what I just said, but yes, Le'Veon is gone. And the reason I said that is because Steve McClendon also since traded. So McClendon is gone, but I th- I kind of like that because Greg Williams was he all he, he he runs that rotation a lot on the defensive line. So now I'd like to see some more Terrell Basham, Basham, more Phillips action, more Quinnen Williams in there. So we will see what the younger version of this defensive line will do as they had a pretty solid game against the Miami Dolphins. But yeah, I mean it was like if you watched this game. I mean, listen, the Dolphins scored 24, but they still punted seven times, and the Jets punted 10 times, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> right? Is this Braden Man number? Is it NO number 10, 462 yards, 54 long, touchback one? So, hey, he had a good he had a good day. Uh, Yeah, but 
that's really uh, Frank Gore, 11 rushes, 46 yards. I really wanted to see some more Perrine. I'm sorry, more Perrine, uh, just because I think he's kind of this new, this is the guy, LaMichael Perrine, that, you know, the um, the rookie out of um, Florida, fourth-round pick this past draft. I'd, I'd like to see him get a little more action, and that was the most involved he has been really in a game since week two, week three against the Indianapolis Colts. Seven rushes, 27 yards in this past game, targeted three times, two receptions, nine yards. So I'd like to see him get more involved, and I'm sure he will as things go on here. But ultimately, you know, the, the, the good of the game, I kind of just went through it. Williamson, Quinn, and Basham, I really like. They forced uh, they forced turnovers, two interceptions. Uh, Perriman actually looked good, 62, um, 62 receptions, 62 yards on four receptions, targeted eight times, long of 22. Thought he looked good. His first game where he actually was very noticeable on the field. And then Jamison Crowder again, he didn't really have the – High volume of yardage, but seven receptions, 48 yards, 13 targets. I mean, he, this guy's just, again, he always feels like he is open. So that's my, you know, my good. Paraman Crowder, liked, the, liked what I saw from the, the young players in the line. Quinnen, Basham, Williamson, force a turnover is always good. And then unfortunate, which I kind of went through in the beginning here, the unfortunate was, you know, Joe Flacco just doesn't seem, you know, he kind of gets thrown in there, a lot of pressure, threw a lot. So it was just kind of an, game where he was forced to do a lot of things that I don't really necessarily know if he really feels comfortable doing anymore and granted it was the first time he's played in a while with a pretty significant injury and then the penalties it's just you can't keep kind of beating yourself here uh seven penalties 80 yards so it's just you just got to get that's got to you got to clean that up and I know with young players it's tough and and we'll see how they clean that up as things go on here. That's a, yard, a lot of yards to give away for free. Um, but ultimately, receiving, nobody really had a big receiving day, uh, probably because Miles Gaskins had 91 yards on 18 carries. Very effective day for him. Uh, Matt Breida, 15 yards on six carries. Uh, but the leading receiver was uh, Shaheen. I think he's a tight end. 51 yards, one touchdown, three receptions. Uh, Devonta Parker was a really big the their big receiver three for 35 and that was really it so I actually generally did like what I saw from the defense I thought they were very lively I thought they were very just disruptive I thought they were pretty good for the most part again all things considered but you still go down there uh the Dolphins get 302 total yards which isn't crazy they 192 passing yards but they got give them 110 on the yard on the ground Jets get 115 rushing, and they also get 148 passing, and they had 263 yards. The defense definitely played well. I, I liked what I saw from the defense, like I've said before. That was kind of my my takeaway from this game. But now Fitzpatrick's done. Tua is coming in, at least for the near future here, and that's something to keep an eye on because this division, you know, we, we saw it go from the Pennington days, you know, way back to the Marino days, you know, went through Favre, Sanchez. I mean, I'm not saying anybody in New England because Tom Brady was there forever, right? Uh, but now he's gone. Buffalo cycled through a lot of guys. But now we're seeing it get younger. Uh, New England's got Cam now. We'll see how they, you know, what they do to address this in the future. But Josh Allen and Buffalo, now Tua Tagovailoa in Miami. Uh, Sam Darnold maybe, uh, Sam Darnold for the time being now. Whether that changes, who knows? Could it be Trevor Lawrence? Who knows? Not going to sit here and go into that because it's just, you never know. You see how it plays out. But again, very young at the quarterback position in this division suddenly. You know, if you're a Jets fan and just someone who got, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see what Tua is. I'm kind of excited to see what Tua does for this team because uh, I do. I think this is a team that's up and coming. They very obviously bought into what Brian Flores is all about. 
going and taking and, and, and putting Tua in is a very big move. Ryan Fitzpatrick was not happy about it, but hey, it's part of the job. It's part of the league. It's part of the NFL. It's part of the business. So we will see what Tua does when the uh, Dolphins come out of their bye. But yeah, that's my preview of the game. Good, went through it. Unfortunate, went through it. Broke it down. I'm going to take a quick break here. Come back, preview Jets and Bills. I want to go a little longer in that aspect because, like I said, there's a little bit more to get into this week, specifically because guys are kind of coming back healthier now, or at least starting to practice more. Um, you know, the, the Bills are coming off of a loss. Jets are coming off of a loss at home. Is Darnold going to play? Will we see Denzel Mims suit up? How is the offensive line going to do? Bryce Hall practice. Will we get Crowder and Becton again? Who's hurt? And the Bills defense, you know, what is it about? Why didn't they trade for Yannick and Gagwe? We're going to break all that down after a quick break. All right, welcome back. Time to go into a breakdown of the Jets versus the Bills. So, of course, we know, <clears throat> sorry, we know the Jets are 0-6, New England's 2-3, and Miami's 3-3, three and one game out of a playoff spot, or the division, I mean, and then leading that division is, of course, the 4-2 upstart Buffalo Bills. So the Jets play the Bills again this week, and this will be the last time that these two teams meet up this season, which is kind of crazy to think. We're, we're already in week seven, and the Jets and Bills don't play anymore, or they don't play each other again this year, because of course the Jets and these two teams played in week one. Buffalo won 27 to 17. They had 404 total yards. Allen went for 306 in the air. Uh, defensively, they handled the Jets. And in that game, Darnold was 21 for 35, 215, one touchdown, one interception. We'll see if he's back this week. And then Josh Allen was 33 of 46, 312 yards, two touchdowns, 14 rushes, 57 yards, one touchdown. He did fumble twice, but that, uh, Mark, uh, but that was, you know, that was the day for the Bills and the Jets passing-wise. Defensively, Marcus May had a huge game that day. T two sacks, uh, two quarterback hits, of course. He forced one fumble, 10 tackles. Very good day for him. And then the um, Bills defense got to Sam Darnold and sacked him three times. So, yeah, it was just... That, that was a game where I believe it was like 14... Was it 14 nothing or like 21 nothing at one point? But, yeah, finished 27-17. to 17. So, that was a game of a... In Buffalo, they lost that one, of course. So now they will, uh, they'll travel, the Bills will travel down to MetLife and they will play the Jets, uh, they'll play the Jets at home. So the Jets get a home game this week to try to split this uh, season series with the Buffalo Bills. And the Bills are actually coming off of two losses. So they started 4 0. They looked like they're flying high. Josh Allen looked like an MVP. And since then, they have failed to score, even crack 20 points. Uh, previously, in the first four weeks of the season, they scored 27 against the Jets, 31 against the Dolphins, 35 against the Rams, 30 against the Raiders. Then they come back on October 13th in Week Five. They travel to Tennessee. Tennessee blows the doors off of them, 42 to 16. And then, of course, they hosted the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, the AFC favorite, Super Bowl favorite, Kansas City Chiefs. They lose 26 to 17, and they're so even in that in that loss to the 
Titans. They only scored 16 points, but their total yards were pretty much there. So they had like 370, which is actually their fourth highest total. They had 523 against the Dolphins, 404 against the Jets, 375 against the Rams, 370 against the Titans, 337 against the Raiders. But then when you look at this game against the Chiefs, only 206. That's just not them, right? And especially what we've seen from Josh Allen and the offense this far, uh, so far this season. I was shocked watching that game seri- uh, seriously. But also, I get in this a little bit when I go through the NFL breakdown. We're gonna. See, I think we're in that game. It was raining a lot, a lot. So the Chiefs got ahead and just started pounding the rock. The Chiefs' offensive line was blowing the Bills' defensive line off the ball all game. I, I said to one of my friends, "This is one of the most just meanest offensive line performances." I've seen in a long time. They were bullies, bullies to the um, Bills' offensive line. I mean, it was crazy. Clyde Edwards-Alaire was getting whatever he wanted. It really was a game where Patrick Mahomes didn't beat them. So I think the rain, the weather played a played a part into that one. So that's where the Bills are. But then again, they've come to New York, and they're going to play the Jets this week. And, you know, this team kind of, like I said before – I think I said this in the week one preview that last year, this was very much a team that was dependent upon the defense and getting the, de- the defense, you know, being stout, being strong, putting the offense a good field position and having Josh Allen benefit a lot from a very good defense where that is not the case this year. When you look at the best defense in the NFL, I'll go through the top five right now. You know, this is just, this is more points. I'm basing this off of, you know, Uh, Team defense, points scored by team, so points surrendered, as I'm looking at pro football reference right now. So your top five teams is Steelers, Ravens, Patriots, Broncos, Cardinals. So there's your top five. Usually you'd think you see the Bills there, but no, they're not. The Bills actually are top ten in the most points given up. Dallas is one, Vikings, Browns, Jets, Falcons, Texans, Jags, Eagles, Bills, Washington football team. So very uncharacteristic of this team that we're so used to seeing so dominant defensively top 10 in yard total yards given up top 10 in passing touchdowns allowed top 10 in passing yards allowed it's just we're not used to that right especially with the likes of Tredavious White and so on so it's been a very different team this year in Buffalo and then they're top 10 as well in the rushing yards so and I granted I know there's some injuries on that side of the ball. I know a lot of fans are clamoring for Yannick Ngakwe. I'm actually very surprised that the Bills did not trade for Yannick Ngakwe just to get a pass rusher in there, an edge guy in there. Because when you look at their stats, according to Pro Football Reference, they only have 11 sacks this year. So they're not getting pressure. They're not getting to the quarterback. They're really not getting a lot of turnovers, forcing a lot of takeaways. Um, and I already went through all the stats, so it's a very uncharacteristic team for the Bills. It really is so far this year. But then when you go look at the offense, the team offense, how much they've scored, they are 13th right now with 156 points scored, top eight or top 10 in, in yards, top four in passing yards, or they have the second most passing touchdowns, not throwing a lot of interceptions, which is definitely something that's good for Josh Allen because, you know, he used to turn over the ball a lot. Uh, rushing the ball, they could be a lot better as a rushing team, but still. So the, what I'm basically saying is, is, as you see, this team has shifted its complete dynamic Completely different than what it used to be. Uh, you go look at Josh Allen's stats, 67.1 uh, completion percentage, over 1,700 yards, 16 passing touchdowns and four interceptions. So he is going to shatter his career high that he set last year in nearly every court category. The completion percentage can fluctuate, but last year he was 58.8, threw for just over 3,000, had 20 touchdowns, nine picks. So that's good. This year he's going way past it.
way past it. Could be a 4,000-yard, 30-plus, uh, you know, 8-ish, 10-interception guy. That's fantastic uh, because he's a very effective, you know, rusher. We've seen that, too, last year. He had he has 20 t- rushing touchdowns for his career, 9 last year, 8-ish rookie year, 3 so far this year. So Josh Allen's really good, but what we have seen, and, and this is not a knock on him, he is still only 24 years old. He's only in his third year in the NFL where it's almost too much to ask for a lot of consistency week in and week out for a quarterback this young. So, and what we have seen the past two games is, you know, entering that Tennessee game, he was completing over 70, 70% of his passes, 12 touchdowns, only one pick, 13, 26 yards, three rushing scores. But since then in the Tennessee and the Kansas city game, he is just completing 58.82% of his passes, 385 yards, four touchdowns, three interceptions, no rushing touchdowns. And when you look at his QBR, or sorry, you just look at his rating, over 100 the first four weeks, just around 75-ish the last two weeks. So uh, they're getting to him. Something, the Titans and the Chiefs both did something that affected him, that have disrupted him and has thrown him off his game. But... That's for the Bills. That's just for their stuff. You know, they have Stephon Diggs scoring a lot, their recent play. But we'll get into the Jets, or I went into their defense, injuries, could have got Yannick. But now let's go into the Jets side of things because I'm actually, I think if you're a Jets fan, I know everything that's going on. You should be a little bit excited that, um, I, I, I believe it was Rick Samini I had seen. He's kind of been reporting that, uh, I think Bryce Hall, Hall was in practice yesterday, which is fantastic. You know, the young DB they drafted this past draft. Excited to see. If he will play, it sounds like Denzel Mims is progressing to possibly uh, playing this week. As he, Rick Samini said a day ago, rookie wide receiver Denzel Mims is progressing well and poised to make his NFL debut Sunday, meaning this could be the first game the Jets' starting wide receivers will be together, right? I know, I think he had since reported that Crowder had been limited. Perriman's been back, so maybe we see a full complement of receivers for the first time this year. And it's very exciting to see what Mims is because... Fans are excited about Mims, went and got him, and I believe the second round. So it'll be nice to see him on the field. And then, of course, Darnold, he sounds like he may play this week. Remember, it was week to week. Samini said, Dan Darnold is back at practice. I watched him closely during the media period. Seemed to have decent velocity on most throws, timing a bit off after two missing two weeks of practice. So it does sound like after missing two games, albeit he's been kind of limited in practice, he will progress, and maybe that'll be a game-time decision, I'm sure. Maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. I think he might play. So if we get Darnold with the full complement of receivers, Becton, I don't know. I think he's been limited. We might not see him. I don't believe in rushing him back. I know Alex Lewis is dealing with shoulder injuries, so the offensive line was a little banged up, especially Becton. So we'll keep a close eye on that one as we go here. But I, I, I'd like to see Crowder. I'd like to see Crowder, um, Mims, and Paraman play together with Darnold because then you're giving Darnold three weapons to go to go out there and make plays for him. And, and Mims is an exciting rookie to keep an eye on. We'll see what Hall does because I think Hall's a very young uh, de- defensive back. I know he's a late-round draft pick, but, hey, you hit on those. I'm pretty sure Richard Sherman was a late-round draft pick. We've seen it happen a lot of times, and he sounds like a kid who – you know, he wants to come out and play, and it'll be exciting to see what he does as well. So it's a week to keep an eye on a lot of things for the Jets. As they get healthier, what could be? What could that offense be? What should we look out for matchups-wise? I am going to look at Stephon Diggs versus the CBs because, as I noted last week, the CBs did do a pretty solid job of containing um, 
the receivers for the um, Miami Dolphins. But Stephon Diggs, you know, he's kind of a different different player. Very, very good wide receiver. I'm not in Kansas in the Kansas City game, he only had 46 yards on six receptions, but he did have a touchdown. But when you go into that, he was coming off back-to-back 100-plus-yard games. Uh, against Tennessee, he went for 106 for 10 catches on 16 targets. Week before, 7 targets, 6 receptions, 115 yards. And then before that, in weeks 2 and 3, back-to-back weeks of touchdown receptions, where he even had a game against the Dolphins where he had 153 yards. So, and in week 1 against the Jets, 8 receptions, 9 targets, 86 yards. So Stephon Diggs having himself a very fine first season in Buffalo, 555 yards, 42 receptions on 59 targets, and 3 scores, quickly becoming a very, very, very reliable option for uh, Josh Allen. And, of course, he leads <clears throat> he leads the team in receiving. Uh, Cole Beasley, very good uh, underneath receiver to keep an eye on, 358 yards, 28 receptions, 2 touchdowns. And their leading rusher is uh, Devin Singletary, 271 score. And uh, actually, Le'Veon Bell, I think it was he was deciding between the Bills, Dolphins, and uh, Chiefs. So it would have been nice for the Bills if he went up there and played. But yeah, it's a very dynamic team. But yeah, I kind of went on a rant there with all the stats. But yes, I'm looking for Diggs versus the cornerbacks. Quinnen and Basham versus a solid offensive line. Let's see what they can do this week. I thought they were very disruptive last week. And I hope they can, you know, let's see if they can do that again this week. Uh, again, matchups to watch. How does, if Darnold plays, how does he look post-injury? If Mims play, how does he look against the likes of Tredavious White and some of those other very good uh, defensive players for the Buffalo Bills? And then, uh, you know, it's just Arnold. Arnold. <laughs> I combined both names. Allen versus Darnold. You know, that classic matchup for as long as both of these guys are in the same division. That's kind of going to be the uh, little mini rivalry there. And then how does uh, Williams heat up Allen? You know, and vice versa. How do the Bills heat up Darnold? But more specifically, it seems as though the Titans and the Chiefs have at least put something on tape to show you how to disrupt this Bills offense and Josh Allen. So we'll see if the Jets and Greg Williams try to do that as well, try to mimic that. So that's kind of my preview of the Jets versus Bills. They play this Sunday, of course. They play at 1 p.m. at MetLife Stadium. Keep an eye on that Bills offense. Will they bounce back? Will Allen bounce back after two, you know, two losses, two kind of iffy games? How Stephon Diggs do? How will this Bills offense continue to go? Can it continue to carry them? Can they get? Are they going to get right against the Jets? Bills defense. How will they play? Will they heat up Darnold? How will the CBs contain a possible first game with Mims, with Crowder, with um, Paraman? How how will those three play if they're all on the same field together? How does Gase kind of get? Backs and burials into the fold. What is what does this offense look like with a full complement of players? Minus, of course, Levy on Bell. Does Perrine get more options? What does Frank Gore do? Can this offensive line sustain itself while guys seemingly get back from injuries, specifically Beckton and Lewis? And of course, will Sam Darnold play? If Darnold plays, keep your eyes out and watch closely. And then what does Quinton Quinton Williams and, and Basham do? And Quinton Williams has got to stop the personal fouls. I'll say that. He's very good, very disruptive. I like what I've seen from him, but he's got to stop the personal fouls. But that is my break, or sorry, my preview. So I'll take a quick break, grab some water, you know, take a deep breath here. We went over a lot right there. When we come back, we'll do the NFL talk, get into the fantasy, and then we'll finish up.
All right, let's talk some NFL, right? So like I usually do, we'll just go jump through division reset, hit some talking points. I've almost literally talked about every single talking point besides maybe two so far. So if it's repetitive, I apologize. But let us go through the division, right? So starting off in our AFC East, of course, what does it look like? I already said it. Buffalo's four and two. Miami's three and three. Miami's knocking on that door. And of course, they have just turned to Tua Tagovailoa. And I really like how they turned to Tua here because it's not just garbage time. It is playoff time. Hey, Tua, go lead us to the playoffs. I love seeing that. I love Brian Flores putting that into his rookie quarterback's mind. And I really appreciate, I think, if I'm Tua Tagovailoa, I really appreciate the fact that they put him in the game action. He got to see a little bit. Uh, granted, it wasn't much, but now he gets all the whole week of the bye week to prepare, and then he will come out and play his first game of the season in week eight when the uh, the Miami Dolphins host Los Angeles Rams. So when you really look at what Brian Flores did, he's given his young quarterback even a few throws. It reminds me of what Daniel Jones did with Dallas. Then he's coming off the bye week. He's not traveling. He's playing at home. You're not throwing the whole book at the kid in his first game, and that's interesting. And this could be the future. We could be watching the future of the Miami Dolphins. And when is the last time the Dolphins had a very, you know, a sustainable quarterback down there? It's probably Dan Marino, Um, which is the case with everybody in this division besides the New England Patriots, right? The Jets have been cycling since Namath. Miami's been cycling since Marino. Buffalo's been cycling since Joe Kelly in New England and Bill Belichick to hoist the trophies because he had Tom Brady all that time. But yes, that team now with Cam Newton is two and three. Behind the three and three Dolphins, behind the four and two Bills, and the Jets are 0 and six. Uh, I am very surprised that I said before that Buffalo not trying to get Yannick and Gakway. Then you go into the AFC North, which it is time we have got to really put those Pittsburgh Steelers into consideration for the Super Bowl for the AFC favorite. Pittsburgh is five and zero, and if you missed it, they found another damn receiver as they always do. Chase Claypool, tight end receiver hybrid, had like four touchdowns in a game. Decent game last week again, as uh, that was like the hyped game of the, of the week. Sorry, of the weekend where they played the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns were hot. How the Cleveland Browns play against the Steelers? Are the Cleveland Browns legit? Steelers won the second week in a row scoring 38 points. They have yet to score under 26 the whole year. Offense is very good for Pittsburgh. Chase Claypool is making plays. James Washington is a guy might come up a little bit later in this podcast. James Washington is a guy who's good. You know, of course, Juju Connors. It's just, they got everybody. Vossesburger is fantastic. And of course they are ahead of the five and one Baltimore Ravens who look good. They actually just traded for Yannick and Gakwe, uh, signed Des Bryant to the practice squad and people are calling for Antonio Brown. So we will see what Baltimore does with that. I like the Yannick and Gakwe trade. Get yourself a guy that can set the edge, disrupt the passer, more specifically set the edge and disrupt either Josh Allen, Ben Roethlisberger, Ryan Tannehill, or Patrick Mahomes, because that is, of course, what they are doing this for. And then Cleveland 4-2, and two, just every week you see a new team. Every week you see a new Baker Mayfield, so we'll see if they can get those consistencies figured out. And then Cincinnati is 1-4-1, and one, but Joe Burrow has played well. Um, uh, T. Higgins, another guy, has been very good for them. So, you know, things are turning around a little bit there in Cincinnati. I do like what I see from there. Then in Tennessee, uh, the only – so Pittsburgh and Tennessee are the only undefeated teams left. And Tennessee is, of course, 5-0, and and they look damn good. They hadn't played in a while, of course, with all the COVID and all that that was going on. 
and then they played the Bills, blew them out 42-16, to 16, and then they said this past week, you know, it was really fun when we scored 42 against the Bills, so why not let's score 42 again in an overtime win against the Houston Texans when they won 42-36, to 36, 5-0, and since in week one, they only scored 16. Since then, they have yet to score under 30. So a team that was supposed to be like a game-managed quarterback that leans on the run, they just, Ryan Tannehill is completing just a tick under 70% of his throws, 13 touchdowns, two picks, 1370 yards. And of course, you got that just wagon workhorse, Derrick Henry, 588, six touchdowns, and he just bullies people. He really just bullies people. The stiff arm on Josh Norman was mean. But they're 5 and 0, Indianapolis 4 and 2, then both Jacksonville and Houston are 1 and 5, although Houston has looked better in the past 2 weeks under Romeo Cornell and Deshaun Watson has looked like that MVP we think he can be. AFC West, of course, Kansas City 5 and 1, just beat the Bills. Uh Las Vegas is 3 and 2, Denver is 2 and 3, Drew Lock is back. Uh they really just very interesting way to 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 end that game, they 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 played this the New England Patriots and they won this past week. But very interesting play by Drew Locke. I think he like just heaved a ball that was intercepted. I mean they won eighteen to twelve. They snuck it out. But hey, a win is a win. They are two and three. They're getting a little bit healthier. The Chargers are one and four, but Justin Herbert looks really good. Then and, and I think they're on by this week. Um, then you go to the NFC and of course the Chiefs. Sorry, I meant to go through this. The Chiefs got Levy on Bell. And I went through it before, but this could be the best offense we have ever seen in ages. I mean, seriously, that is not an oversell. Like, this literally, you have. Look at your running game. Now, what was the issue with the Chiefs? They did not have a bell horse, workhorse running back. Clyde edwards Hilaire ran mean last week. It looked like he could do it. Now you got another option, Le'Veon Bell. And you also split Le'Veon Bell out and play receiver. So you got Le'Veon Bell and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the backfield. Your receivers, Tyreek Hill... Uh, McCole, McCole Hardman, uh, Robinson, uh, Sammy Watkins. I'm sorry. I, I knew that if you saw me, if you listened to me and I was studying, I sounded like I was a little lost there. It's because I could not remember Sammy Watkins' name for a minute. But he's there. Travis Kelsey's there. Offensive line looks good. And you have the best quarterback in the NFL. So it'll be fun to see what Kansas City does with, with Le'Veon now. Going to the NFC East, Dallas leads that division. with two, It's 2-4. Two and four. Philly's 1-4-1. One, and one. But Dallas just got... Blown out at home with uh, with Andy Dalton by the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray had himself a day. Uh, Phillies one and four. Washington and the Giants are one and five. But how crazy is that? All these teams, you're only one game out of a playoff spot. If the Giants beat the Eagles tonight, they're like one game out. How crazy is that? <laughs> one of those teams is hosting a home playoff game, folks. Oh, that's something that you gotta. They might gotta get rid of that. Uh, but the NFC North, Chicago keeps going. Green Bay just kind of had a clunker by Tampa Bay. Blew them out. They're four and one. Detroit's two and three. And Minnesota is one in five. Go to the NFC South. Just spoke about those Tampa Bay Bucks. Rob Gronkowski, Tom Brady said, "Let's turn back the clock." Had huge games. Defense is fantastic under former Jets head coach Todd Bowles. Good for Todd Bowles. Hell of a defensive coordinator, defensive mind, and you see it on display down there in Tampa. New Orleans, Michael Thomas, think he got hurt again. When the heck will he come back? I need him for fantasy specifically, but again, well wishes. I Come back when you're healthy, not when you need it. Not because I have you on fantasy, but seriously, he's hurt. Carolina's 3-3. Three and three. Atlanta's 1-5, and five, and it sounds like they're ready to blow it up down there. Julio Jones, like people are suggesting he's available. Matt Ryan's available. 
You'll never see Matt Ryan get traded in the regular season. I really doubt he gets traded off that contract. There's a lot of dead cap involved in that whole thing. But Julio Jones, where will he go? Will the Jets look at him? Could the Ravens look at him? I mean, who couldn't use Julio Jones? Am I right? Uh, Seattle, and before I said there's only two undefeated teams left in the NFL, I was joking to keep you on your toes because they are three and Seattle is 5-0 and because Russell Wilson's fantastic. Uh, DK Metcalf looks like a number one receiver. Tyler Lockett is good. Everything about the offense is dynamic. The, defe- the de- defense makes enough plays. They're 5-0. and They're ahead of the Rams because the Rams and the Cards are both 4-2. and And then the what happened to the San Francisco 49ers are 3-3. Three and three. So that's my NFL reset. That's my NFL preview div- division reset. Ravens and Ngakwe. Chiefs and Bell. Two with Dolphins. Steelers, are they legit? You know, all that good stuff. Now, I'm going to take a little quick break here. We'll go through fantasy really quick and wrap it all up. All right, let's do it. Let's go through the um, – all right, let's do it. Let's go through the fantasy. I'll give you the five guys from last week, two from this week. Um, so, sorry, I got distracted. Somebody has got an update. If you're in the NHL and you're listening to this, I believe the NHL just, just postponed the Winter Classic and the All-Star game. Uh, Winter Classic is expected to play June, January 1, 22. Okay, sorry, just wanted to get that off my mind. Hey, if you're into hockey – I'm sure you know this already. But, yeah, so, yeah, let's do the fantasy football. Um, the first guy on the list was James Washington, and I hit on this one. 16.8 points in the ESPN leagues, four receptions, 68 yards on seven targets, and one touchdown. So if you own Juju Smith, you're probably pretty angry that James Washington had a big day. I I am not. should have listened to my advice. No, I'm never going to be that conceited. But, yes, big game for, for James Washington. Then another receiver. Tim Patrick of the Denver Broncos hit on this one, 14.1 points, eight targets, 101 yards, four receptions. If he had himself a touchdown, that's a damn good day. Then uh, my third option did not hit on Chase Edmonds because Kenyon Drake just woke up this game against the Dow Cowboys and went off. Drake had five carries, 23 yards, one reception, six yards, two targets, 3.9 points. Yeah, I thought he was at least going to like sneak a touchdown, but uh, seriously, I, I, I think let me check it real quick. We'll check it because we can do those things these days. I'm pretty sure yeah, Kendrick Drake at 28.4 points, 20 carries, 164 yards. So he just took all the carries. Any speculation you had of him not maybe being the featured back? Yeah, well, he stomped on those. He had a big day. Edmonds did not. Then I went with Greg Ward, another guy, another dud. Two receptions, three targets, 19 yards, 5.9 points in the Eagles loss. And then my number one guy to pick up was Gardner Minshew, specifically because the guys who were on by – he had 18.12 points. It's really not not great, but considering he did not really play well, 25 of 44, 243, one touchdown, one pick, and then he had a rushing score. Uh, I believe he even had a reception. Yeah, it says he had a reception. Interesting. But uh, fumbled once, 18.12 points. If he takes the turnovers out of his game, it's 20 plus. So I'll say at least three for five. Uh, I take pride in picking both uh, James Washington and Tim Patrick because they're very under-rostered guys. And then uh, I'm going to give you the two guys to pick from this week. So kind of following the formula, how it chased Edmonds, 
I said to go with Tony Pollard um, this week uh, because the the Cowboys will play the, the Washington football team and Elliott kind of had some fumble issues. I mean, listen, they're not going to completely sideline this guy. He's too damn good, but he had some fumble issues. We kind of saw them go to Pollard for a little bit. He looked very effective when he was on the field. So he's a guy to kind of think about as you get into the latter stages here. And then I am going to give you uh, um, T. Higgins. And T. Higgins is probably not really a sleeper anymore. But, again, when I write that list, it's a week before. But he plays Cleveland this week, and Cleveland's defense is very, very hit or miss. And T. Higgins is really becoming a very reliable and very huge option for Joe Burrow. Last week, he had 18.7 points. He ran it once with one rushing attempt, but he had six receptions, 125 yards on eight targets. So those are my guys this week. Give you the two. The other three on fan-sided, T. Higgins and um, Tony Pollard last week, of course. I went through those. So, again, thank you for listening. Jets will play the Bills this weekend at MetLife at 1 p.m. Will they get their first win? Who knows? But at least let's hope that Darnold and some of these guys get healthier. It'll be fun to see a full complement on offense at the skill position players with Darnold, see what he can do, see what the Bills can do. And then, well, of course, it's who's going to complain watching NFL football, right? Another Sunday, another Monday, another Thursday with NFL football is another great day. So thank you for listening. Everybody, hope everybody's staying healthy. Hope everybody's getting ready as the weather gets very interesting. Some days it's gloomy and hot. Some days it's hot or it's sunny and cold. So all that good stuff. Hope everybody's healthy. Hope everybody's doing well. Thank you for listening. And uh, we'll see if the Jets can get a win as they play the Buffalo Bills on Sunday.